The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Eight minutes after eight. Thanks for tuning in to the Forum at Eight here on AM Live. Now, major political parties in Parliament's National Assembly have given the thumbs up to changes to teen sex law and raised the importance of educating adolescents about sex. The bill states that consensual sex uh, between teenagers older than 12 is not a crime as long as the age gap between the two sex partners is less than two years. Now, many view this as a victory that should be celebrated by everyone in South Africa. But of course, uh, judging by the outpouring of public opinion, many are also opposed to it. Uh, Parents are also encouraged to do more to educate their children about sex. So this morning we are asking you what exactly are parents doing to educate their children about sex and also the risks that are inherent in engaging in sex before they are emotionally mature enough to understand their actions. And joining us for the discussion this morning, Mr. Errol Naidu, who is the founder and director of the Family Policy Institute, whom we've just lost, um, Dr. Shahida Umar, who is clinical director at the Teddy Bear Clinic. Um, well, uh, we've lost her, but I believe we have Errol Naidu back. Mr. Naidu, good morning and thanks for speaking to us. No, we don't. So uh, whilst we try and get our guests, let me just remind you, the number uh, that you can call in on is 0891-104-208. You can also uh, send your messages uh, via SMS to 34701. If you'd like to email, you can send it to me at sakina at safm.co.za or you can go to our various social media platforms, uh, Twitter, Facebook, the same uh, handle is used, AM Live on SAFM or at Sakina Kamu window and i want to hear from you because everybody i must say when we read uh, the story the other day uh, uh tuesday i think it was uh so many of you really came out very strongly expressing very interesting views so let's try and get into it and interrogate exactly what the parents role is and and then what are parents doing to educate their children about sex and the inherent dangers uh when children engage in sexual activity when they are not emotionally mature. So uh, let's hear from you. Mr. Errol Naidu, thanks so much for uh, joining us this morning. Good morning, Sakina. Always good to be with you. Now, I am sure that uh, you are less than pleased with the latest developments here. Yeah, very sad day for South Africa, Sakina. And the reason for that is this was a bad ruling by the Constitutional Court. And of course, the um, Parliament had to obviously amend the legislation to bring it in line with the constitutional court ruling, but the overall consequences and implication of this of this law is is going to be dire for South Africa. We are already in a crisis with uh, younger and younger children engaging in sexual activity. Uh, we are already in a crisis where a teenage girl has an abortion in South Africa every ten minutes. And uh, so this, I think, is just going to compound the problem uh, because what we've done with this law is regardless of all the reasons and the complex problems behind it, we have sent a green light to young children that sexual activity is okay, it's acceptable, because whatever you legalize, you make acceptable. And uh, the reason we have all the problems we're having with with younger younger children getting involved in sexual activity at such a young age even young children um, uh, raping other young children because child-on-child sexual abuse is increasing in South Africa as well. The reason for all of that is family breakdown, family dysfunctionality, and that's the root of the problem, and that's where 
we as a society have to start focusing our attention is to strengthen and restore the family because these are just uh, symptoms of mm. of family breakdown. But 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 um, and I'm glad you say that because you started out by saying this was a bad ruling. But w- w- what do we expect, you know, uh, from the law in this regard? Because we can't expect the law to be used as a disciplinary measure. No, but we the, the law is there to protect. The law is there to uphold uh, morality. And, 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 and principles that protect marriage and family because these are the building blocks of society. It's foundational institutions. So the law has to be responsible, and I don't think the law is being responsible in this instance because it's easy just to say, well, it's secondary victimization, so let's uh, you know, uh, decriminalize, let's strike down those sections of the Sexual Offenses Act that criminalize children. I think the law has to find a way to to um, to to give oversight to children, just like parents, it's the first responsibility of parents, obviously, to give oversight to children. But we see more and more in South African society that that is not happening. That parental role, there's more dysfunctional parents than there are dysfunctional children today, and so we're having a, a problem of of family dysfunctionality that's impacting on children. Uh, but the law has to play a role, and, and I, I don't think it is. I think it's taking the easy route out and say, well, you know, this is wrong, so let's get rid of it. But then what happens? What is there now to tell children that this is wrong from a legal perspective? Because now we've made it acceptable. It's the same thing like, you know, children are, are abusing other children. So child-on-child sexual abuse is increasing in South Africa. And the law might say, well, that is a fact, and we don't want children to end up in court and all that, so let's just legalize child-on-child sexual abuse, get rid of the laws that criminalize that, and find another way of dealing with it. So we make, make everything acceptable and okay, and find other ways to deal with it, but we, we usually we don't. And I think this, this thing is getting worse. We look at the stats, and we see that children as young as 10 are getting involved in sexual activity. We've got children now uh, having sex with children and, and recording it and sharing those videos with their friends. That means children are now producing child pornography and sending that to their friends and sharing that. It's called sexting. That's the kind of South Africa we're living in today. So things are really deteriorating fast. Uh, and I don't think we've applied our mind as government, as civil society, to this issue Everybody appears to be going on with their lives, and then when something like this emerges, then we, you know, it's a knee-jerk reaction. Well, take it to court, strike down the law, and here we sit now. We don't have any real solutions. We've got rid of a law. We made it acceptable. We sent it a green light to children, uh, and and we think this is fine. Well, it's not. Well, let's hear from uh, Dr. Umar. Uh, you know what your response is to this. Well, I think it's very clear. We were the first applicants in this matter to take it to the constitutional court because we felt that it was definitely unconstitutional and it was not promoting the rights of children and sending children to jail or making criminals out of a 12-year-old and 15-year-old was not the solution. It was a punitive response. And... Certainly, we salute and commend this amendment because it is giving, as as my learned colleague uh, highlighted, it is giving a platform to parents, to family, to social institutions to come in and provide 
support, to engage with children. I think he highlighted a few times that the moral fiber, uh, the breakdown in families, the dysfunctionality, and that is what we need to look at, that this is symptomatic. Uh, he identified child on child sexual abuse. Yes, I've done extensive and comprehensive research. Actually, that is my pet hobby of child on child sexual abuse. So we need to understand that, uh, you know, it needs to be addressed on a systemic level. By sending children to jail is not going to be the solution. And as you also indicated, that using legislation to discipline children is definitely not the way forward. We need to look at other avenues, the awareness raising, the dialoguing with children, empowering children, enabling them to make informed Positive choices, the pro-social skills, the transferring of those skills are critical. Uh, Children are, as uh, Mr. Errol highlighted about the child pornography, they're not aware. It's a lack of awareness. So what does that indicate? That more needs to be uh, addressed regarding awareness, raising, conscientizing, uh, and dialoguing with children. So we are actually very pleased because as the bill stood at the time, a lot of children were subjected to secondary harm, sec- it induced secondary victimization and trauma of children. So we've had children, we've had test cases where they presented with post-traumatic stress disorder. As you may be aware, the one young girl from the Jules High School ultimately and eventually committed suicide due to this very piece of legislation because of the stigma, the exposure, the humiliation. Um, this young girl suffered through that, the, the limited lifespan that she had and eventually felt the only solution was to commit suicide. So it proved to be counterproductive, more harmful than helpful. And uh, as Mr. Naidu also highlighted children, the increased incidence of children engaging in sexual activity, we agree, and therefore we think that it requires systemic intervention. Uh, if we look at the national stats last year, more than 20,000 learners, uh, female learners, uh, were pregnant, and of those, I mean, of that, these are the reported cases that we are aware of, of that number... 223 young girls came from the primary school. So, again, this highlights the lack of awareness and the implications of this legislation because children were afraid to go to family planning clinics, afraid to go to mental health professionals to seek guidance, support, advice, or even to go to healthcare practitioners. What they actually did was uh, because of the legislation, it was incumbent, legally obliged, and obligations for the person to report it. So children were not seeking any kind of uh, support or intervention, which resulted in increased incidences of pregnancies, uh, the HIV infection, STIs, sexually transmitted infections, and even the backstreet abortions, uh, which you know often were incomplete abortions and. The children then required further medical intervention. So these are just some of the, the uh, issues uh, and concerns that emerged as a result of this piece of legislation and therefore proved to be 
harmful and not helpful to children. Children became more sophisticated and devious in their sexual activities. They went underground. And is that what we want to create? A whole community of children who are going to be more devious uh, by, you know, by allowing this, by having allowed this piece of legislation to make them criminals. I think that is what we need to consider, that criminalizing is, is definitely not the solution. Well, we are asking you this morning, so what are parents doing to educate their children about sex and the risks that are inherent in engaging in sexual activity before they are emotionally mature enough to understand their actions? And uh, we're taking those calls now on 0891-104-208. Bukhosi in Calvin, good morning. Bukhosi? Okay, Bukhosi not there. We'll come back to him. Uh, Bukhosi? Okay, we're going to go to Vuyelwa in Bedford View and come back to Bukhosi. Hi. Morning, Vuyelwa. Uh, yes, let me share what I do with my 12-year-old daughter. I'm a hands-on mom. My daughter is 12, started periods, put on state on the contraceptives because I told her, while I'm still alive, no child is going to have a child in my house. I'm protecting her. And then the day I put a contraceptive on her body, I took a laptop, we Google, I show her STDs. I show her the penis with the pass, you name it, genital wards. And I said, your mom is not going to hold candle while you're having sex. And then I cannot protect you in this. If you get a boyfriend that switches off the lights before you say sex, you run for your life because you're going to have things like this. And then uh, it's, it's a sad thing about the black, black parents. They're in denial. They, they always say this children, they don't do sex. So when I ask them, why don't you take the child to the family planning clinic? They said, it's like I'm giving the child a permission to start sex. Hello, they're doing it. Because I'm not going to be with my daughter 24-7. The day she experiences sex, I don't have a problem, but no child is going to be in that stomach. Are you, are you though, Vuyelwa, um, how, you said your daughter is 12 years old? 12 years old. Yes. And, 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 you know, um, God forbid, but what would you do if you found out that she is, in fact, uh, sexually active at this age? If you hear me, I don't have a problem if my daughter experienced sex. But the only Even thing I don't 12. want to experience the sex. No, no, she experienced sex if she has a child, that is my problem. But I'm not going to tell my baby to experience the organs that she has. But as I said, she must make sure that as she tests STDs, she doesn't have. So you don't have a problem with her being sexually active at 12. Your problem is that she should just should not fall pregnant. Yes. And okay. then, and then she's gonna have, yes, she's not going to ask permission the day if she wants to go and experience. And I don't know what that age, 12. Or, but uh, remember, I do the, the, I don't know what you say in English. Mm-hmm. I saw her. How do you solar? What do, what do you look for? What what happens when you solar? How do you do that? <laughs> You're gonna see, if the the the, the things that the, someone is came in and out here. How will you, you see? see? How how? There's a membrane still there. So 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 you can actually see the membrane. Yebo. Huh? Okay, Vuyelwa, you and I need to talk because I, I, I need to learn more about offline. that. Yeah, <laughs> offline. But thank you so much, uh, Vuyelwa, in uh, Bedford View. Vuyelwa saying she has no problem with her if her 12-year-old would be sexually active.
her main concern is that that 12-year-old should not fall pregnant. No child will be having a child on her watch, is what she says. Uh, Kolani Inumtata, good morning. Hi, SK. Hi. You know what? Uh, it's, uh, it's very sad, I must say, as a man with a 10-year-old to hear and listen to a mother not concerned about a 12-year-old uh, uh, having sex. First, I can just say I'm against the law. You know, I can mention one thing. When I was young, one of the reasons why I couldn't do certain things is because there were certain laws that we were give, we were told that if you do this thing, you're going to be arrested. That fear made me not to do a couple of things. So now, all of a sudden, if you start to stop, say so you decriminalize that and you allow kids, because remember, these kids are very clever. They know these days, if they know that they're not going to be charged for it, they're going to continue to do it. But for me, at the moment, SK, it's not about what the law says. It's about us as the parents in South Africa. If we are the majority that we are against this law, why would we allow this law to be, to be put into, into place? We are responsible. All religious groups, I don't care whatever religion you belong to, if we are against this law of decriminalizing this thing, we should take up our arms and stand. I'm not talking about physical arms, but our voices, and raise it to the government that what they're about to do, they're about to destroy a future generation because we're going to get a generation. A 12-year-old can be pregnant. I don't care that lady what she said. Eggs will develop and the child will ovulate. And if another child who is able to have sperms, they will be pregnant. I don't think we need to look into this. It is dangerous for our, for our kids to come. Mm. And, and, and then uh, that, of course, uh, thank you so much, Kolani. It raises the question uh, uh, about what Errol and uh, Dr. Uma were raising about how then do we go about educating South Africans in general, you know, about uh, some of the values that we want to uh, inculcate in our children, but that we obviously need to adopt first as society? Joseph in Bethlehem. Hi, um, Sakina. Um, I think um, I was really, really distressed when I listened to Wielwa. I mean, she has a 12-year-old child, and she's not worried if that child is sexually active. I mean, it is terrible. It is preposterous. And in a South Africa way, um, we have reached crisis level where HIV is terrible, and it's, it's affecting everybody, even the younger people. And you're not worried. You're giving your child contraceptives because you don't want her to get pregnant. But it's okay if she cannot have sex. But I think it's... Uh, it's um, it's a symptom of what is actually having, uh, occurring in the society. When you have a country where most of the, most of the children are born to single, single parents, and then you find that those single parents actually also started, like Viewa, for example, if you find out she probably started having sex when she was 10. And so it's not a problem ah, for her if ah, her ch- ah. No, no, obviously. No, then, no, 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 no. You can't say that, Joseph. How do you? No, hold on, Joseph. Hold okay, on, let's hold not on. go there. Okay, let's, let's not, not go, go there. there. Make your but point. A, but the point is, because the parents also themselves also don't have morals, because they themselves also started doing things as, as early as possible, and then it is difficult for them to control their kids. No. You have a, you have them hold on, hold on. This is what is going on. Um, this is because we see these things on ground. You find a family where you have a mother who has three children from three different men, and then she lives in 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 a house with with her three children, and she brings men into that house to sleep with her. When children see these things, it is difficult 
for the, 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 the same mother to control the kids. Finally, yeah. finally, because South Africa has reached a crisis point, I think what we should do, we need to do drastic, take drastic steps. For example, the law that criminalizes um, 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 childhood sex. I think that is what we need to look at. So that at the end of the day, when we curb the, the space, the, the spice of HIV and all that, then we can change things. Thank you very much. Thank you, Joseph. And I think, you know, um, if you disagree with Vuyelwa and, 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 and what she advocates, that's all good and well. But... I think to also try and state that we have this, you know, um, that, that that morality is some uh, homogeneous entity that we all hold the same moral values. That is not true. And why would how how would you go about elevating one set of moral values uh, above another? And why would we even want to go there? I think everybody should do what is good for them what works for them. Uh, somebody was saying on Twitter, Vuyelwa clearly has a plan and, um, you know, she's executed it. She has a plan for her child. We may not agree with her methods, but what is your plan? And I don't think we should be quick to basically cast stones, um, not knowing what people's situations are. And uh, Joseph, I take your point, but I want to hear from everybody else. Also, you can comment on what Joseph has said, what Vuyelwa has said. But the question we are focusing on is what are parents doing? What is your plan for your child in terms of teaching them about sex and the risks that are inherent uh, inherent in engaging in sexual activity before those children are emotionally mature? Twelve years old, I cannot see a child, uh, you know, even being in a position to make any sort of, you know, cogent decisions about serious matters like sex. But... Of course, this is where we find ourselves at. Taking your calls on 0891-104-208, SMSs on 34701, and let me read a few of those. Um, David Mtunzi in Mabatu says, it would be expected of parents to teach their children about matters concerning sex in a marriage context, because if not, we're only teaching them to be promiscuous. John says, um, democracy is an evil system. We will see more and more evil as time goes on. With all these stupid laws, uh, there this is the reason that AIDS will increase in this country. The ANC government is an immoral government. They are passing all these stupid laws. Uh, w says, Sakina, uh, this child sex law will impel parents to be more responsible more than ever before in teaching their children about morals and sex to be particular. Uh, Lindani, uh, Lindelani in Pretoria says, uh, that's very wrong. They are encouraging these children to engage in sexual activities. Uh, this one, unsigned horrible law. I'm a mother of three. And then Jay in Josie. Jay, I've noted you. I'm going to come back to that in just a moment. Mtokazisi Shezi says the problem uh, with this government is that they decide for us. Why not hold a referendum on laws like, before passing laws like these? Mtokazisi says parents must stop hiding and blaming government. Uh, they must stop their kids from doing uh, bad things like drugs, crime and sex. Uh, Tweeter Jack says where is the charter of positive values from the moral regeneration movement and uh, that's a very good question haven't heard uh, from uh, that organization in a while makashule gana says i think many people are in denial teenagers are having sex and we can't criminalize kids for having sex vuyelwa is realistic lebohang noah says uh, we will be exposed to child pornography uh, since they will now record their action and what will the law say about that but as you heard from uh, dr 
Omar, they, that is already happening, Lebohang Noah. Children are already recording their sexual activities and sharing it with one another. So many more of those messages coming through. I'll get to our panel in just a moment, but let me just take a few more calls. And Tati Bohosi and Calvin, good morning. Uh, so can you playing hide and seek with me? What happened? <laughs> it's you playing hide and no, seek. No, 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 Sakina. Anyway. All's well that <laughs> ends well. Here you are. <laughs> Let's get on to it. Sakina, you see, we, we are sitting here and addressing a symptom. And you don't correct a thing by addressing a symptom. You get to the root cause of it. It's like a persistent headache. You don't continue swallowing one panado after the other perpetually. You get the root cause. It's either you've got a tumor or you've got hype, uh, you are hypertensive and you treat the hypertension accordingly. Here we are faced with a situation that starts right back and that's where we should look at and start treating it. When you conquer a people, the first thing, you conquer a people, you subjugate them. After you subjugate them, you take away their land, which is their source of living. After you have taken that, then you, the main thing that you do is to destroy their culture and their tradition. Once you, those things are taken away from a people, then your family unit breaks down. With the breakdown of a, uh, of a family unit, comes all sorts of socio-economic problems which our people, the black people in this country are faced with. And we will never correct the situation by legislating sex. We've got to correct the socio-economic conditions of our people and start from there. Otherwise, we are going to be going down into the depravity in which we find ourselves today. You mm. cannot, you cannot, Sakina, go and uh, condone uh, what Viola was saying. That is the worst form of depravity that you can think of. Mm. Uh, let me let me read a tweet that speaks to... Uh, uh, for, uh, um an email that speaks to that very quickly uh, from Kathleen Mack, who says, um, I'm typing in haste. Uh, the lady, I was unable to get a name, it was Vielwa, is following the traditions of pre-colonial Zulu culture. Uh, and if only people would consider reading the recordings of oral tradition by field anthropologists, the missionaries were the first to negate the system, followed by the gross negligence of uh, the current people in power to teach about the old ways. Uh, Intervening is uh, the worldwide trend to anything goes, but affecting so greatly the South African, mainly tribal societies. Age grades have gone uh, to the history books. Older girls would do precisely what the mother was describing to teach the techniques of sexual play encounter legs closed. The older girls would be um, would inspect the vaginas. If pregnancy, the boys fa- if, if pregnancy then followed, the boy's family was fined. The girl's age grade was shamed and these controls did not promote promiscuity. As to the boys, 
they too had uh, the advice and control by older boys, hence the circumcision schools. There's no way of bringing back uh, these ancient practices, but read the literature to avoid the misguided opinions that are currently being aired. That's an email from Kathleen Drummond. And I also just want to take another quick step uh, backwards, uh, Dr. Umar, in uh, just to, in terms of just explaining once again um, what exactly the law aims to do, this particular law? Well, the law, as you know, it clearly, clearly stipulates that children between the ages of 12 and 16 will not, you know, will not be sent to jail. I'm putting it in layman's terms because previously that is what was happening and the age of consent uh, remains at 16 years. A child of 12 cannot give consent. I think that is what the viewers need to understand, that a 12-year-old is not in a position to give any form of consent, and the age of consent has not been lowered. The age of consent, just to emphasize and reiterate, remains at 16 years. And the law is also very clear that uh, if there's an, uh, an age gap of more than three or four years, the person older will definitely, so it's making provision for 16, 17, and 18-year-olds who are violating and sexually abusing younger children will be criminalized. They will be prosecuted. Adults will be prosecuted for violating children. And I think that is what needs to be understood. But furthermore, what, what needs to understand, something that has come, and I'm just summarizing from some of the uh, people that have called in, the importance and the role of the family, the primary caregivers, the legal guardians, the, the parents of the children who need to engage, because we've done numerous research with children, and an overwhelming majority of children have indicated that their source of sex and sexuality did not come from their parents. And they confirmed that they would have preferred that information to come from their parents. And unfortunately, they had to look out and seek out this kind of knowledge from peers, from uh, social media and other sources. And sometimes... Uh, quite distorted information because they were not able to process or understand the information. And this whole grandiosity of, uh, you know, the, the grandiosity that is associated with sex, which was quite distorted. So this is uh, a study that we found that 95% of the children uh, confirmed that they would have preferred that kind of information from their family. And that is what we need to understand that it is critical that more responsibility is placed on the family. We talk about the dysfunctionalities of families. We talk about the moral fiber, the regeneration. So the, the aim of this legislation is to give back that responsibility to parents instead of adopting the punitive approach and putting children through brutal interrogation, police interrogation, arrest, detention, appearing in court uh, and placing so much stress and trauma on children is not the solution. It's not the way forward. We do not want children to, 
go through this legal processes and subject them to trauma. I think the important thing for us to understand here is uh, addressing the risk factors and the protective factors. So it's not giving children free reign to engage in sexuality. In fact, it's creating a level of awareness and insight into understanding the, the implications of engaging in sexual behavior, what the desired outcomes and undesired outcomes could be. So children are then not just told, you don't do this. If you do this, you're going to go to jail. If you do this, it's not instilling fear in children, but it's instilling awareness and insight and making them realize that if they engaged in risky behavior, the consequences could be devastating. It could be to the detriment of their trajectory, their life course. Mm. And uh, we'll go back to the lines, come back to you uh, in a moment, Errol Naidu. Ntate Tumawele in Guguletu, good morning. Thank you very much, SK. And uh, before I say something serious, let's laugh a little bit. Mr. Madishwa, Madishwa, Honorable Madishwa. Madishwa was trying to speak in a fake American tone. <laughs> now to you, SK. Thank you very much. I I hope you did get to uh, read my facts, not facts, rather an SMS, uh, which began with you, and you were asked to pass on the message to Musi Maimani and to Batabile Zamini. All right. Now to answer your question, what do parents think and do? Uh, Some time back, and I hope in what I'm going to say, the prophet in Mafi King will agree with me, and our Chief Justice Mohon Mohon will agree with me. Uh, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. And he continues to say, uh, wisdom, there is that fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding has all they that keep his commandments. Now, to your question, some time back, uh, it was uh, our president, Tabumbeki, who went uh, to the schools in Soweto uh, to dish out condoms. And uh, on the following day, the Sowetan, the Sowetan published a, a word uh, which was spoken by a boy of 17 years. And he says, ah, now I have a condom. I'm going to have sex with my girlfriend. Right. We passed there. And uh, we, we uh, 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 was it on the beginning of this year or last year, when this thing of the lowering the con- so-called consensual sex uh, practice was uh, spoken on this very radio by a group of activists. They said they were going to approach our minister, Jeff Hadebe, to have that law to lower the so-called consensual sex. I wrote, I wrote to, Chief, uh, to, the, uh, to Mr. Hadebe, and of course, as usual, there's no, usually no, uh, uh, no response from them or even acknowledgement of even Sakim Gabadili, you know, promised on this very radio that she would do something about another matter. All right. Okay. Now, let me tell you, uh, sometime back, as parents, as parents, in the Seventh-day Adventist Church, there is a book called Growing Boys and Girls. Growing boys and girls. And there is another one which says, on becoming a woman. 
And there is another one said, that says, on becoming a man. Uh, thank you so much uh, for sharing that with us. And I guess uh, going back to the issue of, uh, you know, uh, perhaps normative ethics that we need to uh, really revisit uh, as a society. Uh, Solly in Leondale, good morning. Again, and good morning to your guest. Uh, I joined in at AFAS 8. If my question it is, it has been uh, covered already, you will pardon me. Uh, I just want to, uh, your guest today to discuss the democratic the demographics of this uh, sketch because my take is that this problem it is only prevalent in the african community but in other communities like the people of european descent and indian seemingly they don't experience much of this problem and then if my take is correct and then i think the 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 the, the, the root cause it is the fact that we have abandoned our morality as the earlier caller have said that uh, most uh, of these children are raised by single parents who are having boyfriends. So the children, they think that is the correct way to go about to have girlfriends, uh, girlfriends or boyfriends now and then and also engage in, in, inter, in okay. inter, what you call intercourse. So I just want to guess to discuss the demographics of a discussion. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, Solly, Mike in Middleburg. Thank you, thank you, Sakina. Uh, after listening to your guest, uh, I think uh, one must have an opportune moment to reflect, not to take it at face value. But I think the fact of the matter is to go back to basics and uh, locate the role of the church. I think uh, we must uh, agree and admit that the, the church has got a role to play uh, in terms of... Uh, a visitation of uh, values and norms that uh, must govern us. Uh, the reason why the late great Peter Tosh didn't go to church uh, oftenly is because he believed that uh, the church must take place outside of the four buildings. And that is where we are talking about morality, values and norms. Thank you. Thank you so much. Mike Mtandegi in Kronstadt, good morning. Hi, morning, Sakina. Sakina, thanks for this particular topic. Once more, in the past, I've been taking part in these similar debates. But my only concerns are twofold. Firstly, on the side of justice. You see, when the court plays a particular role, its role must be complementary in ensuring that we bring up a very sound, solid, society. But when similar judgments like these are passed, we are worried about that element of morality. And therefore, it takes back to that big question I would have, what kind of judgments we may be having from time to time in dealing with this very, very fragile element in our society, the young people. On the second part, my concern also once more goes to our ourselves as households, as parents, as families, the manner in which we raise our kids, we actually must judge whether are we adding to these escalating challenges in our, in, in our young people. My view, therefore, we are not necessarily entirely wrong, but the main issue is put the centrality of parenthood 
in the whole matter in raising children. I think the manner how we behave, how we communicate, how we handle our kids, that particular aspect has impact and far implications to the kids during their process of growth. These are two things that I think on the side of the judiciary and on the side of parenthood. Thank you, Sakina. Thank you so much, Mtandegi. Let me read some messages uh, before I give Errol Naidu a chance to respond um, uh, on our uh, email um, uh, line. This one uh, says, the government was very low to pass this law. On the other side, Sakina, government cannot tell us how to manage our children. That's from Luzugo uh, Buti. And then one from Patrick. Um, uh, no, lost that one. But here's one from Anonymous. Anonymous says, SK, thanks for this wonderful topic. But honestly speaking, in our African cultures, once a girl not a boy, reached the age of 12 or 13, she could be given away in marriage. And I know of women who were married at that age. And in in that case, it was not wrong because sex was practiced within uh, the marriage circle. Who should set moral standards? Can we as a community try by all means to go back to basics? Sex should be practiced only within the context of a marriage arrangement. I might sign old-fashioned, but this principle was put by Jah to protect a society, and now the Bible principles are being pushed aside, and what will you remain with is these decayed morals that we see. That's from Anonymous. Claire in George says, Mindsets need to be changed. A neighbor's teenager was more for being a virgin by her peers. Uh, Serge Baruti in Pretoria says, Morning SK, the law is a disaster. Children at 12 are supposed to be educated and disciplined, not to be exposed to all these immoral acts before a mature age. Let's all South Africans stand together against this law. Makeba says, uh, the claim by your guest that the morality of children is deteriorating in the post-apartheid South Africa is, um, is he nostalgic about the privileges enjoyed under apartheid by white children like like him, or does he appreciate the magnitude of work to address the legacy um, of apartheid in our children? Andres in Pulukwane says religion is the only solution that can help us. Uh, let us turn to God. KB's contribution, there's a great misunderstanding of this legislation. The legislation puts the responsibility back in the hands of the parents, and parents must do their jobs. Um, then another one, unsigned um, children are sexual beings. From when they are born, uh, it is now Natural. The sooner we accept that, the better. And parents must teach their children about their bodies. Errol? Well, Sakina, um, a lot of good comments and uh, contributions there. But I think a lot of people uh, refer to uh, morality. And it's obvious that uh, a lot of South Africans are concerned about the decline uh, in morality in South Africa. The kind of things we're seeing in our society almost every day. And uh, the question is, who's morality? I think you raised that point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if we leave it to people to decide their, what is good for them, what is not good for them, what we have is chaos. And what we experience today is that kind of chaos. My morality is based on the Bible, on God's Word, because it's a higher power. You know, you can have a, 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 a single mother with three children that can decide, you know, it's good for us if I send my three daughters out to have sex for money and bring money in for the family. That's my morality. And then who are anybody else to disagree with that? Because everybody decides their morality. Everybody doesn't decide their morality. There's a higher order. There's a moral code, a moral standard, 
I think most but, but but that's your belief, Errol. Not everybody no, it's not. subscribes it's, it's to that. It's the belief of the majority of people. Uh, the majority of South Africans subscribe to one faith or the other, and they all agree on moral standards. And that moral standard is what is being broken down, and that's why we have what we have. Broken down by whom? Because if it's you say... Down by people, by people, and by a highly sexualized culture. The church is... is in and, 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 and where Nobody does that come from? Hear... Nobody wants to hear from moral values. You hear people say, don't preach to us. We want... you know, People do what they want to do. If it's good for you, do it. Don't let other people tell you what to do. And then when people do it, then everybody complains. So, so younger children, children at younger ages are having sex. Uh, 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 you know, you've got teachers having sex with children in the classroom, making them pregnant. Everybody's doing what they feel like doing because it's good and it's right for them. But the impact on society is hugely detrimental, and that is your problem. Because somebody else's decision is going to impact on me. And fam- there's a reason there's family breakdown. Families are breaking down and dysfunctional because the, the model structure and, and teaching and foundation has been destroyed. And that's why we see the kind of collapse we're seeing in South Africa. So if everybody is given their right, you decide what is right for you, then you're going to have chaos. If everybody decides, like, you know, I'll do what I want to well, do. Why would it be chaos? Me. If I decide, you know, on a, well, what my values are and I inculcate that in my child, I don't have to subscribe to a certain order, you know, a certain religion in order to have values. I don't, Errol. Well, that's, that's your view, but we see that doesn't work when everybody decides their own value system. Okay. We, we have a God. He's given us his word. There's a value system in that word. It's a higher power. You see, I can't take my values from or my morality from the South African government, from the Constitution, because these are imperfect people that are making laws based on their imperfect worldviews. A lot of the, the people that made that you know drafted our Constitution are imperfect, sinful people. And so I don't go according to what they say is right and wrong. I go according to a perfect and holy God who's given me a model code and it is always right and it is always good. It never fails. Mm. So I, think, we, I think we should have a discussion about uh, morals and ethics and, 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 and normative ethics for a society uh, because uh, we unfortunately are out of time. But thank you so much uh, for uh, participating on the show this morning. Errol Naidu, founder and director of uh, the Family Policy Institute, and also uh, Dr. Shada Umar, who is a clinical director at the Teddy Bear Clinic. And uh, so much still coming through in terms of your contributions. So do go to our website, www www.safm.co.za you'll find the podcast of this and um, other interviews on the show as well as your messages that will all be put together thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy your day it's nine o'clock time for news with Kirat Lala